0: Best Book Bids podcast brings you Louise McDonald, one of the world's leading experts on digital marketing, founder of Sell on Social Media Academy, and agency, and author of Facebook Marketing, The Essential Guide, 2021 Social Media Planner and Guide, and her latest book, 2022 Social Media Planner and Guide. Louise, thanks for being on the show.
1: Michael thanks so much for inviting me
0: no problem now for my audience um we'll dive into the books in just a minute but for my audience who don't know who you are uh take us back in time to the younger years who is the 18 year old Louise and how did your story unfold in your 20s
1: well I suppose when I left school Michael I really had no idea what I wanted to do and um so much so that I took a year off and I decided to do uh, a computer course just for a year. And I decided during that time, I would do lots of work placement and you know see how I felt about working in different industries. And so um, during that year, I found out lots of what I didn't ever want to do again. So I, I thought when I was young, I thought I was going to be a scientist and I worked in a lab for three weeks and I came out of the three weeks after that lab and I said, oh my goodness, I never want to do that ever again. It was just so repetitive. I just couldn't cope. So um, after my year off, I went off and I studied languages and marketing um, in a local university. And um, I started my third year in college in France. And um, so, yeah, that that was a a wonderful experience. But after I left college, Michael, um, I have to tell you, I think fate intervened and luck was certainly with me when I applied for a job in a company called EDI Factory. Now, I was young and green as they could be, and I just wanted to work in marketing. I actually didn't care what the company was. And this company was EDI Factory and I got the job and I went in on the first day. I expected that they were go- it was going to be a factory making this product called EDI and they were going to be shipping it and I was going to be involved in the marketing. But EDI is electronic. Data interchange, and that was like the earliest form of e commerce and e business. And I have to tell you, um, I do you know if you remember watching Friends, we you know, do you remember Chandler and Friends? And um, he was the one that nobody really knew what he did out of his work. Well, I was like that in my friends because nobody knew, including me, what EDI was, and nobody, it was before we were using the internet. Um, It was before the internet was so much part of our lives. And it was a really difficult position because I was the only female and I was the only person in the company who didn't speak in X's and O's. And so I remember the first six months there just absolutely going, going a bit, you know, just really scratching my head. But then what I quickly realized was that the problem they had was that they couldn't talk to their customers, that when they talked to their customers, the customers' eyes would glaze over because they were speaking in X's and O's and nobody understood what they were saying. And so I quickly figured out that my job was to understand what the X's and O's were about and to communicate that in non-technical language to people who didn't want to understand X's and O's. And actually that's what I do to this day. So I love All things technical. I spent the whole afternoon, downloaded a spreadsheet of somebody's ads for the entire year. Uh, I just sat there crunching figures, understanding what happened. Why did that work that way? How could, how can they approach it better? So I love technical things and I love being able to explain them to people in a non-technical way. So what I really tried to do with my planner is I didn't want to have any fluff in it. So there's nothing there that I didn't want to be there. So I would take things out rather than put things in, because I wanted it to be something that was concise, that was giving you a real blueprint, and, and would help and be a practical tool you 'd use every day so so that was that was my 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 um, entry into the whole e commerce e business world and at that time i used to go I used to tour around Ireland and I used to give talks to groups on what the internet was <laughs> and how to use it for business and what e business and what e commerce were um, and that 's how kind of early it was in the whole in the whole process so um fast fast forward to th- two thousand and nine. So I had just come back from maternity leave after having had twins. And I don't know if you know but in 2009 in Ireland our economy crashed. So we were on the crest of a wave for for from years before that in a period um, of our economy called the Celtic Tiger. And then in 2009 it just everything came crashing down. And on my birthday, um, so on my birthday, I got called into the to the boardroom and it was about 10 in the morning. And I, I honestly, honestly thought it was a bit early for cake, but you know, I was ready for it. Um, and then they made me redundant. So I left the office that day and I was walking down the stairs. I had four flights of stairs to walk down. And as I was walking down the stairs, it was like my heart was sinking further and further towards my toes. And I remember thinking, I'm 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 based in the west of Ireland. Um, I'm not going to get a job because the economy is falling apart. And I was at a senior level in this company working in marketing and communications, and I just knew there was no opportunities at all for me. And the crash bills were more expensive than the mortgage, and I just thought, what am I going to do? And so. I decided I'd have to start my own company that I would just have to do it for myself that I could never, I could just couldn't depend on anybody. And so I, I started my own business. I, I I was known in the area because I had spent seven years working as the CEO of the local chamber of commerce. And I just put it out there that I was available. And I started, I started working, I started helping people with their digital marketing. So for the last year that I, that I had been in the business, Because things, you know, they just there were money was getting tighter all the time. So for the last year, I had before I was made redundant, obviously before before I went on maternity leave, I had I had done a lot of the work myself that I usually would have outsourced. So I had learned how to do search engine optimization. I had learned how to do email marketing. I had learned how to do Google Ads. I had learned how to understand Google Analytics, and I had started using social media for business. So what I found when I started my own business was in 2009, um, I was in a unique position that I understood business, but I also understood digital marketing. And so at that time, the people in charge of digital marketing in companies were IT people, but they didn't necessarily understand business and marketing. And so I was able to marry the two sides of, of the house and and I started my business and and I, and I have never looked back. So.
0: Yeah, wow. What th- intro story there. I'm going to fill in some gaps as well. So I'll just recap. Uh, so when you left school, you wanted to, you worked as a scientist uh, in a lab for three weeks. <laughs> I myself worked in a lab for three weeks as a, a scientist assistant. So when you said that, it really hit home. I worked in a yogurt um we're testing cultures every day and I was there for three weeks and I was like, yeah, this is definitely uh, not for me. So how funny is that? We have a very similar background through there. Some of the other notes I took as well, Um when you left that job in, in 2009 when you got fired, did you have the kids at that time too or were the kids not born yet? So in
1: 2009, I was just back from maternity leave. Oh, so sorry, they were, that's right. Yeah, wow. they so, were... Um,
0: yeah, that would have hit, yeah, could... hit home pretty hard as well, coming home with the, the kids and, and not having a job. Emotionally?
1: Oh, you know, having a job like, and literally the, the crash bill was more expensive than the mortgage. Yeah. And my husband was also self-employed and he was um, a tradesman working in the construction sector, which had fallen apart. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, it was not what I expected on my birthday anyhow. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, um, whereabouts in, in Ireland, uh, are you from yourself? In so Ireland?
1: I live in a, just outside a beautiful, um, seaside village called Ennisgroham in County Sligo. So it's the Northwest um of ireland so it's a beautiful part of the country i live just a few kilometers from a a five kilometer sandy beach that you can walk and run and sup and surf and yeah i do a lot of sea swimming as well so
0: yeah yeah beautiful now before we jump into the book i want to talk about sort of the power of networking and how your your skill set and and your way of turning numbers into English, I think that was a skill. So you turn turning engineer and technical people into just a plain old English but um, and then communicating that with the broader audiences. But talk about how helping sort of, you know, the Irish community and businesses with that as well and you, yourself putting yourself out there with networking. Can you expand on that a little bit about the power of networking with uh, sort of local business?
1: Um. So, networking's always been really important to me. So, I spent seven years actually working as CEO of the of the Ballina Chamber of Commerce. So, although I live in Sligo, I live just really close by to this town called Ballina. And, you know, during that time, I really understood the power of um, working within a community. And getting to know people across every sector within the community, and um, yeah, I found it—it it was like at that time we would have worked um, a lot on tourism and industry and um, all things related to developing retail as well. So um, I did a huge amount of networking during that time, and I still have those connections to this day. So I think when it comes to networking, Michael, you know, you get back what you what you put in um and you know it's i'm part of uh, lots of different women inspire network and part of uh, another women networking group in mayo and another one in sligo so yeah i i be very strong and I, and I do a lot of um I, I would attend a lot of events and speak at a lot of events for different networks as well
0: yeah beautiful beautiful yeah definitely people have everything you need in once people realize that all our goals and all our ambitions, all our designs, reverse engineer back to people. So people are superior to everything. So yeah, network with the right people and, and you never have to worry about anything else uh, in your life. Now, I want to jump into how it unfolded after 2009. So did you start coaching first? You are the queen of the online courses. You've got dozens of courses out there. Or did the Facebook marketing book come out first? So how did it unfold from 2009 um, in the early stages of 2010 to 2015
1: yeah so um i started off i won a contract for the um, national tourism authority within ireland very early on in the in my in my career in my uh, within my business and i was really busy working for them up and down the, all the western seaboard in ireland and then one day I got a call from um, a local development agency, and I knew the man in the agency from, a previous, from my time in the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, he knew me well enough to say, Louise, um, I have a load of people that need to know how to use Facebook for business. Would you mind putting together a course for me? I can't find anyone to do it. And his name was Frank, Frank Fullard. And I said, oh geez, I don't know, Frank. I'm like, I'm busy enough. I don't know if I want to do that. And he said, just please Louise, would you do it for me? I said, okay, Frank, I'll do it for you. And so I went and I created a course for Facebook marketing for business. And I delivered that course. And I actually then news spread of, of this course. And I delivered it not only for that, for that, the local authority, um, in Mayo, but in in all over the, all over the whole Western uh, seaboard within Ireland. And I just delivered, you know, at that time, back in 2009, like Facebook was really the, the the biggest social media network in terms, in terms of business still is today, but it was certainly back then. Um, and what I found Michael was that Sometimes, and I don't—if know anybody here has ever done training, uh, they, I, I, I know they're going to, to going to be able to. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they'll, be, they'll understand what, what I'm about to say. I would go into a into a course to deliver a course, maybe with 15 people in the in the room. And what you could find was that you could have somebody who was quite proficient at using Facebook, and then you would have somebody else who'd never been on it before. And then you have somebody else who hated it never wanted to be on it. And so you had somebody who was, so you had different levels of people within the course. And so what I found was that I always wanted to deliver training so that no matter who was in front of me in the room, that they, that they got a benefit and they left the room better, better than, you know, they knew more than when right. they came into the room. And so what I, what i decided, what I, what I developed over time was a, a six step system. So no matter what stage you were in terms of your use of, and it didn't, it doesn't just apply to Facebook, it applies to any social media channel. So this six step system, so whether you, Michael, come into a a training course or an online training course or whatever it is, wherever it is, and you've never used any social media channel before, you'll be able to understand the system and you'll be able to apply it to whatever stage of the system that you, you are at. Because what can happen is this when it comes to social media, you can have I I like three avatars that I like to talk about. Avatar one, somebody who has their head in the sand, knows they should be using social media and just doesn't know where to start. Avatar two, somebody who's really busy on social media, busy producing content and being active on social media, but they're not getting sales and leads. And number three, third avatar, Somebody who doesn't want to do any content, just wants to run ads, but they're not getting any sales and leads either. And so what I say to people, any of those three avatars is that here's how the six steps system works. Step one is all about planning. Now people hate planning, Michael, I don't know about you, people hate planning and they go, no, I don't, you know, I know they don't want to do this, but honestly, if, you, if you're the avatar that has your head stuck in the stand and you don't know where to start, this is the number one place to start. So the first thing you do is you set smart business goals and you link your social media goals and tactics back to these, to these goals. So you, so you have to be really specific on what you want to achieve. Why are you using, why do you want to use social media? What's the, what is the business reason that you're using social media? Also in step one, we profile our ideal customer, but at a very deep level. What are their pain points? What does life look like for them for now and the reason we do that is that that's going to help us down the line create content and ads so that's step one so if you're the avatar the head stuck in the sand starting with step one is going to get you going step two then is about social media optimization so if you're the avatar that's very busy on social media but you're not getting any results any sales and leads it could just be that you're getting everybody's attention but they don't understand why they should do business with you, or they mightn't even understand what you're selling. So step two is about making sure that you're clear on your message and that you communicate that effectively so that when you start producing social media content, that people understand why it is you're different and why they should buy your products or services. That's step two. Step three is all about social media content so it's about learning that we just don't show up when we have something to sell that we need to create different categories different categories of content so sometimes we need to just be building brand awareness keeping our brand top of mind okay so if you've got your social media channels optimized and your website optimized from step 2 if you then put out a post of your dog running running on the beach or yesterday i had the cat here on the chair behind me head me that post will drive as much, as many sales and inquiries because people know what you do and you're just reminding them that you're there. So, so, so brand awareness content is so important. It's so important. And it's so important to, 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 to show up week in week out and keep your brand top of mind. Then we need, then we need to, 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 um, to position ourselves as experts. That's the consideration content. So as experts in our business, so we are expert at what we do and we forget what our customer doesn't know. So, so sometimes we need to be creating content which is going to help out our ideal customer. So think of your ideal customer's common frequently asked questions and use that to create content for your social media channels and build your campaigns. Um, creating awareness around content, which is going to impress them and to want them to do, to connect with you and ultimately do business with you. Your sales, so the, this is all step three content. Yeah. You still need, you need to sales content because you do need to sell sometimes. Okay. But your sales content needs to really be optimized um, for, you know, what's unique about your business, your products and services and one clear call to action. And then advocate content is the fourth category of content that I talk about, which is produced by your most loyal customers. And that is, you know, somebody saying, hey, Michael's, you know, Michael really helped me. After working with Michael, I generated X amount of sales and X amount of time. So that's your advocate content. So that's step three, content. Step four of my, of my six step system is about targeting. So now, now we go towards paid advertising. Because you can't run your business on hope. You can't cross your fingers and hope that the next social media post reaches everybody that you wanted to reach, that, that wants to buy from you. You've got to pay. You've got to direct that at people that are most likely to be interested in your products and services. So step four is all about targeting. Step five is about running Facebook ads effectively or running paid ads. It could be on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on, and Facebook, of course, includes Instagram. Um, that's step five. And then step six is about reviewing performance and, and, and informing future campaigns. So there's my six step system. So I build all my training courses around those six steps. Um, and they're the steps that you're going to also see in my planner, you know, so there's, there's a workbook section, as you know, Michael in the planner, and that kind of takes you through those six steps because that's the most way effective way to to work on your
0: social media. Yeah, perfect. I'm just going to recap that as well. So that's fantastic. So for people listening, uh, Louise is just, um, it's book number two. So you've done the 2021 uh, planner and the 2022 is out. It's absolutely amazing. And uh, if any entrepreneurs, business owners out there definitely have to purchase this particular book, it is going to make you money. It is going to simplify social media content. But what I got from those steps was number one is plan. So talking about goals and vision. Number two, what I wrote down was optimize, so be clear on your content. Uh, number three is uh, make sure your brand's top of mind in awareness, and that also leads to positioning yourself as an expert with your ideal customers. Then I wrote down uh, loyal customers, and want to make sure you get testimonies uh, or testimonials from your top customers as well. And then... Uh, targeting paydays, so making sure that you are spending the money to reach the people that you need to reach. Uh, those who pay, pay attention. So there's no such thing as a free lunch. Um, and then the last couple two was running ads. And then last is review as well. Would that be uh, right, Louise, yep. with that little...
1: Yeah, so plan, optimize, content, target, run ads, review.
0: Beautiful. Now we'll jump more into the book in a second, but just to segue back into the courses. So you are the queen of online courses. You've got dozens of them online. Obviously, you told us the backstory of how it started, but how many courses do you have online and what sort of uh, segments are there in? What are your sort of top courses that you run and people consume? Well,
1: most... um, in fact, most people will, will access my courses through my Salon so- Social Media Academy. Yeah. So, I run a, um, an online acad- um, social media academy, um, and I have businesses actually all over the world in this academy. And uh, I have, of course, my, my signature six step system training is within the academy. So, um, there's obviously the six steps of that. And then I do other courses which would complement you know, the six step system. So even within the content one, there might be five or six courses. There might be one on copywriting, might be one on ad creation. Um, we do uh, lots of courses on Canva, Canva for graphics, Canva for video. And we would break down the social media channels. So we'll do courses on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, on Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. So there's everything that you could possibly want, um, is, is there in my academy. And the way my academy works, Michael, is that once you remember you have, you unlock, access to all of the training and i do live training twice a month so members can show up live and then they can ask me you know questions at the end of the training i record everything and it goes into the training library um, and then i and q a calls uh, once a month as well so kind of like a master class once a month for my members so um yeah so that, so all, all my courses are available that's generally how how people access them is through the academy
0: yeah perfect and where can people sort of find the academy before we jump into the next thing
1: yeah, so it's www.sellonsocial.media.
0: Yeah, great. A couple last questions before, not last questions, but a couple of questions before we jump into the book. Now, are websites dying in your opinion? Is it, or are people more focused on social media or even funnels with, with digital marketing? So are websites still relevant for business owners, entrepreneurs? And in your opinion, are they dying?
1: Um, it really depends on the business, Michael. So there's quite a that like it, I would come across a lot of businesses that I would say to them, you know, they said, oh, I'm, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to spend a few thousand euros on a website. And I'm like, you know what, if I were you, I wouldn't. I just focus on your social media and you can run it perfectly. You know, you, you can achieve everything you want to achieve um, on social media alone initially. And, you know, get up and running and develop a customer base and start in, income coming and then develop a website. Um, Sometimes when businesses are starting out, they don't even develop really good websites because they don't really understand how their business is going to unfold until they they trade for, I would say, a few years. Um, So there are some businesses who will never need a website. And then there are other businesses, like I have have three websites. So um, I currently have two and I have another one in development. So... The difference between um, social media and having a website is that with your website, you have full control over how it looks. You have have full control over how you present that to your customers. And you can optimize it so that it can perform well in the search engines for lots of different searches. Whereas with social media, your visibility in the search engines is always ever going to be limited. Um, and in saying that, that's yeah. not going to matter to some businesses. So it really just depends on the business.
0: Well, I want to talk about my business for just two seconds. So Mike, might get a two-minute coaching uh, from yourself on the podcast. So just with my website, bestbookbits.com, I only use the website because I uh, researched my first book, Success in 50 Steps. Uh, I wrote it in 2010, and then I rewrote it for the next 10 years and read 500 books and did 500 book summaries. I use the website as just a hard drive to upload the written book summaries and it was just for me and then basically i didn't realize what seo well, i didn't realize what long tail seo evergreen keywords were and then i started to get traffic and i was like hang on a second what's happening here how are people finding this particular website and then i thought you know what i don't want to read my book summaries back i want to listen to it so i recorded the book summaries into a microphone just like this and i uploaded it on mixcloud which was another hard drive on the web and again People could search for a particular book title, and they were fi- they were coming across these summaries. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to create some videos. So I put it on YouTube. And then again, I didn't realize that Google owned YouTube and the same SEO long tail keywords people found. All of a sudden, I started to get some traction. And then a few years later, publishers started to reach out to me with authors. And then here we are now, uh, running the world's largest free book summary website. And my website is terrible so i do apologize there'll be a new website coming but <laughs> what i'm trying to get at is my spotify is i didn't spotify was never around so Spotify's ranked top 40 in the uh global podcast with the with the summaries as well and then youtube is doing really really well too so yeah to your point websites aren't necessarily the the go-to it's more more brand awareness does, does that make sense what i've sort of said Am I sort of yeah,
1: like so. You so you will use social media to to drive traffic back to your websites, but your websites are, are like a, a library in in, in themselves yes. that a repository where and they're going to you know they're going to perform well in search, and the more content you've there, and the more it's optimized you know, the more visibility you're going to gain in search. So yeah. um, people use search to find to find, to find find products and services. Um, social media is just different. They're, they're not necessarily searching for products and services when they're using social media, but we have the opportunity to get in front of them when they're there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, is website marketing sort of still relevant? Uh, do you tell your customers, obviously, depending on what business they're in, but is it still relevant, website marketing?
1: Of course yeah, so like if you're e- if you're an e commerce business and you're using your, e- your 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 online store to sell your products it's 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 massive mm-hmm. in fact, the pandemic has made it even even um, more relevant so it's a combination of for me one where i 'm working with my clients it 's a combination of social media and website marketing. So, um, in fact, you know, step two of the social of my system, when I say social media optimization, you have to optimize your website as much as as your social media channels. So if, if your social media is, for, is well optimized, but your website isn't, you're just ever going to, you're going to drive traffic back to a website that won't convert. So it's a, you have to, you have to look at every uh, part of the digital, of your digital marketing strategy. And email marketing is another thing that's so relevant and so important. You know, so when you're running a, an ad campaign on social media, well, there's the time then to to back it up with a with an email campaign to to your to your loyal customers because they're actually more likely to respond if they get the email and see the ad.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now we know about the changes in sort of digital marketing over the last decade. What are some of the big changes you think we'll see as a whole this year and the coming few years?
1: So. Um, Without doubt, the iOS update last year had a huge impact on, um, on online advertising. So it was, I, I think, a real game changer. It was a total, it's like, oh my god, total, total pain in the in the ass for, for advertisers because um, the their advertising reporting was less accurate and and it was delayed. So people still come back to me now and they go, gosh, Louise, from September uh, onwards, our ads didn't seem to work anymore. So we stopped using them. And I'm like, I bet you the ads were still working, but the tracking just wasn't as accurate or it was delayed. So the iOS update from Apple caused consternation within Facebook and Instagram because of this ability to of, of losing the tracking. And I think going forward, um, that is going to be a trend that continues because what Apple did was, you know, it bugged me because I'm uh, an advertiser, but at the, at the end of the day, people don't like being tracked. You know, and that's what it comes down to. And Apple recognized that and they gave people a, an easy way out of being tracked. So if I go to somebody's website and I'm on an Apple device, I can say, don't track me. Okay. Totally. So if you're running an ad, you can't, and you know, it's it's harder to track what you've, the activities you've taken on that website. And I think going forward, we're going to see more of this. So um, with Google and cookies and all of that. So I think um, the arsenal of the digital marketer is going to be affected by that. So so going forward, it is a challenge. Um, that we as digital marketers are going to have to face. Now, uh, like as I've always said in my academy and to all my members, like it's Facebook, Facebook have a problem there. Like they're going to solve that. They've got way more resources than we have. So um, I do pre- presume that they're going, they have already started putting measures in place to help us track our ads uh, more effectively. Um, you'll also see a move towards a lot of in-app ads. So rather than driving somebody away from Facebook and Instagram, that you, you know, rather than driving them, let's say to your website, to get them to fill out a, a contact us form, you might do a lead form on Facebook and Instagram because, um, that's actually easier to track now, try, easier to measure it or, um, in app shopping. So obviously it's only available in the States on, on Facebook and Instagram at the moment, but the more that, the more that Facebook Uh, or meta, I should call them now, um, can can keep people in app, the easier it is to track performance for advertisers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Any other – I've read your book and it's an amazing book. Um, Yeah, it's a half education and then it's half, hey, you need this book just like you need, you know, one of the digital marketing books by your side every day to say this is what I've done daily um to make sure my social media strategy uh is on point uh but any other big themes for sort of 2022 i know you mentioned in your book probably six or seven uh different themes that are coming out this year
1: big themes so diversity and inclusivity is is really big this year um so um according to a survey carried out um It said that 54% of consumers did not feel culturally represented in online advertising and 71% expect brands to promote diversity and inclusion in online advertising. So this is a big theme in 2022. And what I was encouraging people to do within within my book is to to really consider how when you're running your ads, uh, when you're running even your social media um, posts, you're you're selecting the images for for those graphics. That you're really mindful of, you know, selecting images um, which are inclusive. Um, another big theme would be eco consciousness. So, um, e- eco consciousness is is massive in 2022, and I know there's a lot of businesses out there that themselves are eco conscious and ethical, and and sometimes they forget to tell people about it. And so, one of my my messages uh, from from the book is that if you are eco conscious. If you are, um, you know, using eco-friendly products and natural ingredients, and um, and you know you're, you you have transparency and sustainable practices within your business, well, it's really important to tell people because you will gain um, you'll gain so much trust from people, and you'll warm cold the prospects up to you so much faster if that, if that is also something which matters to them. Um, of course, um, other online shopping is 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 a trend which is set to continue so shopify tells us that the pandemic has shifted the uh, the move towards online shopping by as much as 5 years so and This I know. This is true because if if anybody's listening in to this podcast, just think about the people that before the pandemic would never have shopped online. And I'm thinking of older age groups actually. I'm thinking of people that you know before the before the pandemic, just it just wouldn't have occurred to them. And now you know people of that that you never would have expected to shop online before have shopped online, have found it was a good experience. And you know once you do it once, it's so much easier to repeat it. So I think the trend towards online shopping is is huge, but that's for products but also for service delivery so you know there are people who never would have done an online training course or an online coaching or you know and I think it just opens up the world of possibilities for not just consumers but also for service delivery you know so you you may be located in you know a remote part of the world, but you can do business with anyone. Um, so, so that 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 trend towards online business and online shopping will continue, and that's as a result um, of the pandemic. Um, and then, of course, as I said, privacy is, is a big one in 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 2022, but also remote working. You know, this whole notion of a remote remote workforce. So, in my agency, um, I have only remote workers. So um I don't ever want to have um a, a an office again that people come to. It is just we love remote working. One of one of the girls who works for me, so I live in the west coast of Ireland and so she hops between Ireland and the UK. She goes, I think I'll live in Liverpool for a few weeks. I'm like, I don't care where are you go where are you living as long as you can do the work. Um and so she's like, Okay, I think I'll hop down to London, I think I'll go here. And I'm like, Yep, whatever you want. So this whole notion of not being tied to a, a location. And again, like I suppose, from a remote part of the world where I live, I can run my business to any part of the world, and 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 nothing is holding me back. So so that's a, set, a trend that is also set to continue.
0: Yeah, perfect. So what I got from that is, yeah, diversity and inclusivity matters. So obviously, making sure that you know you're not excluding people and that you are diverse as as possible. Uh, augmented reality for business, yeah, that I think what do you what do you know about meta so we know meta Facebook has changed its you know corporate name to meta and we understand the vision that they're trying to do what are your thoughts on it or what do you know about the what's to come in that particular space in augmented reality
1: so the, I know they've been talking about augmented reality for for years now so um, one of the things that um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg um, demonstrated some time ago was this notion of actually um, like being in a, in an augmented reality room. And so you and I could join the room, um, as our avatars, um, we could sit down together and it would feel like we were in the same room, even though like we're obviously thousands and thousands of, of, of kilometers apart from each other. So that's one of the things they've talked about um, for, forever. How it's showing up now um, in social media is kind of more like the fun filters that you see. So, um, you know, you go into Instagram and you can, you know, put on the funny ears or, and kids love that. Like the younger generation love that. And it's important for them, for for Meta to include that because they need people to keep using their platforms. So a lot of those augmented, augmented reality things are kind of cool and fun and, you know, good fun. But, um, I, I, I personally <laughs> have done a lot of furniture shop, uh, shopping recently. And one thing I love about uh, augmented reality was being able to, to look at what a piece of furniture was going to look like in my, in my sitting room, uh, before I purchased it. So that, is, that to me is just like, just, that's super, like that is just obviously going to feed into the to the online shopping as well, you
0: know, so. Yeah, I actually have a background in um, selling prestige motor vehicles. Um, Anyway, it's a long story, but let's say uh, it's a brand called Mercedes-Benz, which everyone knows, but, yeah, going into augmented reality and not test driving vehicles but walking the uh, digital showroom uh, with augmented reality, that would be pretty cool uh, because everything is going online now. You can build the cars online, order the cars online from your house. So I do envision augmented reality coming in to, to purchase motor vehicles.
1: Yeah, and like the other thing we have to remember as well well, Michael, is that the generations that are coming up now, like they've just grown up in this whole digital world and their rate of adaptation is even so much faster than, than ours. Um so um, you know, my kids ask me all the time, Oh, what age were you when you got your first phone? And I'm like, you know, guys, I was in my mid twenties <laughs> Whereas, you know, they've been used to technology since, they, since you know, they could move their hands, you know, been taking your phone and
0: stuff. I, I admit my son just got his first phone and he's three years old, so love me, hate me, but he, uh, the biggest <laughs> thing, he's been on me and my wife's phone since he was one. So when I say been on the phone, like he would take it from us and you'd watch the kids' YouTube and then we wanted our phones back and we couldn't get our phones back. So he's got an iPad. And then we eventually, okay, here's a small little version of the iPad, which is a spare phone. Now, it's just got one app on it, which is YouTube for kids. That's it. So hate me or love me, but my son is more of a a teenager. Um, But anyway, we can, we diverse. So, yeah, kids, kids going forward are going to be very, very adept to the new technologies coming out, I believe
1: yeah yeah absolutely it's it's how they it's it's what they've grown up with
0: yeah now let's dive into because you are the facebook marketing queen and i apologize you have you've, you've you've done it for 13 years so yeah you own that space and you wrote a book on it so Um, Let's jump into some predictions for 2022 with Facebook. Now, I'll give you a couple that I got from the book. You talked about Facebook Live and you also talked about short-form video and private communities. Can you touch on three of those aspects? So Facebook Live, what are your predictions?
1: Yeah, well, Facebook Live, I suppose it's not new. You know, Facebook Live's been around forever, but it's, it's still really important in 2022. So um, people love. Um, people are three times more likely to show up to a live broadcast than they are a broadcast that is no longer live. Yeah. Um, and so I know a lot of um, businesses that we've worked with in my agency and in my academy have really, really built massive, massive followings through use of Facebook Live. So showing of consistency. Um, with really, really valuable content and growing a global audience as a result. So Facebook Live is your friend. Like, think about it, Michael, like 20 years ago, imagine if someone said, you know, oh, you'll just be able to hop on a platform with endless possibilities of reaching people. And it's not going to cost you anything. You know, like, it's just crazy. Like, we can hop on Facebook or Instagram, any of those, and go live, and we can broadcast. We can. It's like we have our own TV stations.
0: Absolutely. I, I don't do live because, I don't know, but one of my friends, shout out to Tony Walsh. He's a professional mortgage broker but also a DJ and runs a radio station. He puts his Facebook live on while he's driving a car, listening to music and not saying anything and just bopping along. And I watch, and people are watching, going, I'm just watching a mate just bopping along to some music while driving the car. So yeah, <laughs> Facebook Live is a funny, it's a it's a funny one. Uh, but
1: yeah, thanks yeah, for like, sure. I think, yeah. Like businesses can use it in so many ways they don't think about it. Like so, if you're um, a fashion retailer, you know why not once a quarter do um, an, an a live uh, fashion show here's what just what's here's the new trends and do it all live and have different, like you would a fashion show, but just do a live on your Facebook.
0: And should we tell Um, our audience that we are going live? Like, should it be like Friday 8 PM going live, be there? Like you, you, I went to a, a book launch recently for an author, um, an author and, um, yeah, she put it out that this is the date. This is the online book launch and everyone was there and it was live. It was a live zoom book party meeting with music and people. And it was, it was really, really fun. So should people just go on live or should they actually tell their audience, hey, I'm oh, going to be live doing no, this? No,
1: you treat it like it's a show, Michael, and you, you know, you've got to build your audience. If you just show up live, people aren't going to know. Yeah,
0: got it correct. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. So
1: I know that um, um, a, a, a few years ago um, a company did it and they called it Girls' Night Inn. girls night in and they got some influencers in the, in the local area and some other experts in beauty and hair. And they were like an online or um, they had like a bricks and mortar store and an online store. And, um, they, they built like for two weeks, they, you know, you know, get your, get your girls over, get a takeaway. And then they had special offers as the takeaway in their local town and, um, you know, and they sold, they would just sell out of, of all the clothes that, that, that would feature. So, so that's one way you can use Facebook live. I myself have had a launch had a live launch for my planner. So I kind of, I built it like a show. So I had guests, I had guests covering, talking about, I had an, uh, like an influencer talk about influencer marketing. I had uh, another lady talk about how they, she used Facebook live to grow her uh, to grow her business world, worldwide. And I had another lady talk about how she used paid advertising to transform her bottom line. So, you know, so you, and like that, I, I, I spent two weeks driving traffic to make sure that they would be there and then give people a reason to turn up live. Say you turn up live, I'm going to give away three prizes. I'll give away this, I'll give away that. That's and then once you have everyone live there, you're like, share this, share this, share this. And that's how, you, you know, it's, you can use live really, really effectively. So I love live. Yeah. Live is re- it's really good. That's live. Short form video. Short, short form video. Yeah. So the type of video that you would see perform really well on TikTok or Instagram. So that short form video, obviously you need to adapt the sizes, but it works really, really well for Facebook ads. So short form video, because people in 2022 just don't have any attention span. And if you have a a video that with even a twinkling star or something moving in it, um, you're more likely to hold people's attention. So when you think about your, your 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 three-year-old, when your three-year-old was probably six months, you probably shook things in front of their eyes just to get their attention. If you were trying to feed them, it's like we're doing that now, uh, but to adults with short-form video. <laughs> and then private communities as well um, are, are really important because um, people are are people are less likely now to comment on public posts. Or to, you know, to share public posts, they may click on them, they're still there and they're still watching, but they like to do the silent interactions, unless they're like maybe in a group, like a private community, where they feel safe and you know where they can share their thoughts and their feelings openly. And and brands that use private communities. Um, you know, can do them really effectively. So in my academy, I have a private community on Facebook. It's a private group, and it's a really safe place where people can ask questions. They can seek support. They can say, Hey, I created this graphic in Canva. What do you think? Will I use it? And I'll feedback, but equally, all, all the members of the community will give their opinion as well. So so private communities, um, again, it's not new, um, but it's certainly um, it's certainly strong. It's, it was strong in 21, and it will be strong continuing into, into 2022.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And um, obviously, we know Facebook uh, owns Instagram, and it's probably one of the best purchases that, that they made in the, in the last decade. But yeah, launched in 2010, you know, 1.2 billion users, as we know, uh, predictions for 2022 for, for instagram you sort of wrote in the book and some of the notes i took was uh, instagram stories the rise of reels we talked about the shopping tab already and visual brand stories. and so tell me more about sort of the rise of reels uh, i've been seeing a so, lot of that lately
1: yeah so so the way people say to me well what's the difference between a reel and a story so the way i explain it is that your most loyal fans are likely to see your stories and people that don't know you are likely to see your reels. Got it. Okay, so, you, so your Instagram stories are going to reach your existing following and maybe, you know, beyond that, depending on if other people share it or due to hashtags, all that kind of thing. But if you create a really good quality reel and you tap into, um, um, trending music and get the timing right. And it's good quality production that you can do on your phone. You know, you can really get like amazing organic reach with, with reels. Um, and they're fun, you know, so the reels are really similar to TikTok. TikTok and video, uh, TikTok videos and, and Instagram reels are are so similar. Um, and yeah, I would say it, it, it's a really good exercise to watch reels watch what your competitors are doing watch what the leaders in your in your sector are doing and then use that as inspiration to start creating your own reels yeah
0: yeah great and then the other one you've got uh the notes i took was uh the shopping tab so only in the us right now is it going to come out globally you think soon or
1: yeah, so the shopping tab is there. Is there for everybody, but it's um, at the moment um, it's within the it's in, within America that you can shop in app. That's the difference. Yeah, got it. So yeah, the shopping tab is there. I use it all the time. It's amazing what shows up in my shopping tab. It just, you know, makes me shop. Um, but the, what people don't realize is that even in anywhere in the world, um, if you have up, uploaded your Facebook shop, your Instagram shop, and you've tagged, you've got your products on it you know there's a link from there back to your e-commerce store so links on face on instagram don't work in the, in the main um, stories or on your grid, but they will in the shopping tab and they will now in your stories. That's a change to Instagram stories, um, which just came in late 2021.
0: Yeah, perfect. Now, I want to talk about uh, a social media platform that everyone knows, but uh, I've only started to get back into it in the last sort of three to six months and that's LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn was purchased by Microsoft, uh, by Microsoft for $26 billion. So, uh, we know it was sort of set up in 2003 uh, for networking with other professionals to develop their career and reputation. So I think it's got close to over 700 million followers. Um, What are your thoughts on LinkedIn? Um, What do you know about it and and where is it going and and how are people using that now for better sort of organic reach with their social media posts?
1: yeah so LinkedIn is a really good platform for business to business or even for business to consumer, but you 're looking to develop your you know business to business connections um, and what 's really powerful about LinkedIn is that it pulls on your past educational and work connections. Um, to, you know, to help you with your current role. So a question I get asked a lot is, oh, I'm starting my new business. Should I just close down my LinkedIn profile and start again? And I'm like, absolutely not. Because the people you went to school with, the people you went to college with, the people who you've worked with all along through your career, are the first people who are going to recommend you to, to other people. So so LinkedIn is really powerful from, from, from that. Like that's, like that's what makes it powerful and that's what makes it different. Um, so I've seen businesses, like I've seen uh, one example I always remember there was a guy, um, as a consultant and he was trying to get into this blue chip company and he had tried everything. So, you know, with these large, large blue chip companies, they don't necessarily have a reception. They don't answer the phone. You know, if you send in an email to HR, you never hear back. And so he had just, he just had practically given up trying to get, you know, inside the door of this blue chip company. Um, and so what he did is he looked down through LinkedIn and he noticed that he had done a training course, a, um, a six week training course a few years beforehand. And one, uh, somebody who worked in the company had also done the course with him. So he just sent them a message and he said, Hey, you know, we met on that course and you know, I would really like to speak to the person in your company who's responsible for whatever. And he got in the door and within a week he had a contract. So there is the power of, you know, LinkedIn at work. Um, so LinkedIn is really powerful. Um, you can also, the LinkedIn ads, like you can target people based on their job title, based on their location, you know, so it, it is, it is absolutely wonderful um, for business to business. In terms of what's, what's working um, in 2022, um, I have to say, I'm really astounded with the uh, impact of running polls on LinkedIn has had. So the organic reach from polls on LinkedIn is absolutely massive. So if it's something, you know, you can adapt, you know, incorporate into your strategy, I would strongly recommend it.
0: Yeah. Well, um, do you run any LinkedIn courses, or have, do you have any online that people can purchase or consume?
1: Yeah. So again, yeah, within my academy, one of the courses on LinkedIn for beginners is so it's really how to update your and create your your personal profile on LinkedIn, and in, in the next few months where we're planning to roll out um linkedin one-on-one advertising for business so that's a follow-on yeah,
0: perfect that. yeah i'm definitely gonna get my teeth into that because that's something that i'm finding that in the professional space especially i work with you know authors like yourself and publishers that i can connect easy and professionally with them instead of you go to instagram you get a bit of a uh, bit of fun you go to fe- uh, facebook and you get family ah. so different platforms have different sort of environments where people have different personas as well um yeah i want to talk about probably one of the last uh, ones, uh, which is TikTok. So originally launched as Musically, um, Gary V talks about it quite a lot. I think he's invested in it as as he does. Um, what do you know about TikTok? Where is it going? Um, is it owned by China? What's happening? Over a billion users. What are your thoughts? What is your summary on TikTok?
1: TikTok is just it's just a real fun social media platform. Um, it's where a lot of kids hang out, and of course, their audience is expanding all the time. Um, I have to say, I really enjoy it. I love the content on TikTok. It's just such fun. It's those fast foo- moving, fun videos, trending music. What's not to love? Um, I, in fact, I say to to people in my academy, I say if you want to learn how to create video, just join TikTok. And if you never are successful on TikTok, but you learn how to put together professional like short form video then it's worthwhile. So yeah, I think I think TikTok has really moved mainstream because you see, you know, even they sponsored the Euros, um, the Euro soccer um, tournament last year um, here um, over in Europe. And it was just absolutely everywhere. So like, I, I just love watching that in mainstream media to see what's happening. So yeah, I think they've made a lot of really good strategic moves. I think it's really good. I see, um, you know, I see all the kids on it I see my own children on it. Um, I see the the skills that they have that they have been, you know, that they have been nurturing for years now. So I know when I need help with uh, with TikToks and with Reels, I go to my thirteen year old daughter, and she's not long telling me what's what. <laughs>
0: Got it. Yeah, perfect. Now I've never downloaded TikTok. I've never used it. People tell me I need to do it, but. I want to jump into the last social media platform, and people don't realize it is a social media platform, and it's the best one out there. And I'll tell you why: it's because I'm on it, <laughs> um, and that's YouTube. So, YouTube is my favorite. I actually do YouTube consulting as well with people trying to get their first sort of 10,000 subscribers. Now, founded in 2005, we know the story of Google purchasing YouTube. Um, now, what people don't understand is that YouTube is evergreen. So I'll let you're the social media expert. So I know I can talk about this for days, but tell me about YouTube. What makes it different? Um, and why it's still relevant and will be around in sort of the next five to 10 years we are hoping YouTube.
1: So let's say that you create a really nice educational video, um, or a video that you know, you know, is, is good for your brand. Well, my advice to people is I would let it, I would put it up on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn first. Because it will have um, it will have a, 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 like a an a organic reach for about a week or two, and then it's had its day on those social media platforms. And then I'd go to YouTube and I'd upload it and I'd optimize it for search. So you know this, Michael, you, you do consultancy on it. So the title of the video needs to have important keyword phrases so that you know Google knows what to index that that video for. And the first 156 characters or so of the of the, of the description is important as well. Um and, and you're right it's like it's a it's a library it 'll live there forever, so if somebody's looking up you know how to change a light bulb or how to plant a bulb in the garden um they 'll find that on youtube you know whereas it'll ha- you know so so that youtube is is really powerful from that perspective it's the long it 's the library it's also, the library also to go. cut
0: you off it's one of the ones that actually pay you when you don't have to do anything, so like i'm getting paid from videos from five years ago because youtube force you to monetize after a certain point as well it's not that you have to they will run ads even if you don't want to monetize so a lot of people don't realize that that it's not that people are trying to make money it's are forced ads if you've got high ranking videos
1: very good yeah yeah, uh, yeah very good
0: sorry to cut you off in, in in thought but uh yeah continue with what you're okay. saying
1: so so no that's so that's that i i think youtube is is amazing and i think that I think the, the businesses just don't realize the power of it and they don't realize, um, you know, oftentimes the way that they describe what's in the video is, is is so important. Um, and, and, and again, like you were talking earlier on about your website and YouTube, you know, to even embed that video from YouTube on your website is really going to help your website perform even better for search as well. So Yeah. yeah, YouTube is all powerful.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thank you for wrapping that up and I know it's all in the book as well. Now, uh, you've got the book in your hand, is that correct? Can you hold that up for people to see the cover?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now, I've read the book. I purchased the book. It's amazing. I use it for my business as well and I will start doing more. Now, talk to go to February. I want you to open the book. I want you to go to February 2022 because we're a couple of days away from February. Why do we have so many funny days every single day? So can you go through some of the, the funny days that people not, might not realize? And I'll give you the first one. Um, obviously, Black History Month, we understand, but National Freedom Day, continue. Now, what are the next days that people can tag and use to get their name out there?
1: So, on the second, oh, sorry, the second of February, we have Groundhog Day. Yep. And <laughs> um, the third, we have National Golden Retriever Day. On the fourth, which is Friday, we have World Cancer Day. Then um, the next day, we have World Nutella Day. Then after that, it's the National Time to Talk Day. And then on the seventh, it's send- National Send a Card to a Friend Day. Eighth is Safer Internet Day. Then after that, it's National Pizza Day. I will so post on so- National
0: Pizza Day. That's my favorite food <laughs> in the world. So.
1: Yeah. So, so what I encourage people to do is to use these as inspiration. So you're not going to you know, on social media. It's about quality rather than quantity. Mm. So we don't necessarily want to be posting every single day. We want to post maybe two or three times, three or two or three times a week, and to make those posts really count and make that when people see you posting that they pay attention. So, for example, like World Cancer Day, if you're a holistic therapist or if you're a pharmacist. You know, you could give some nice, timely advice on that day. Or maybe if you're a cancer survivor, you could share a personal story and and sharing it on that day and using the hashtags on that day is going to make that post more successful. Like the World Nutella Day, okay, if you're a restaurateur or a cafe owner, or you're a chef or you're a nutritionist, again, you might want to share a recipe and you might want to make it timely for that day. So, like again, say for internet day, so I know my accountant I was going through this with her, and she's going to do she's going to do a post. I had just thought Safer Internet was going to be like IT consultants, but she was like, oh no, well, I can, t- I can share with people how they can mind, you know, save their, their accounting data and how they can you know, you know, uh, safeguard it online. So, and again, with National Pizza Day, you could create recipes. There's so many days there, like even obviously Valentine's Day or Random Act of Kindness Day. Like You could build a whole campaign around that depending on your business.
0: Correct. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a way for me to learn as well. So every day I'm learning something new, but putting out educational pieces of content, you're you know educating other people that it's love your pet day so take a photo with your pet put it on there and then that the other people then start doing that post and going oh i didn't know it was love your pet day and you know you're, you're teaching people new days to put on their calendars um so i really love that yeah and you've got a day for everything in that calendar too so um now where can people find and buy the book and and who is this book for so it might not be for people who even run businesses but people that want to have a personal brand or, you know, become yep. a social media person or just increase their followers. Who is the book for? Always.
1: It's for anyone who wants to grow sales and leads from social media. So I would have a lot of, obviously, small businesses, medium-sized businesses. You would have business owners or you would have people who are working on the marketing or social media within an organization. I also have quite a lot of nonprofit organizations who are using it. Business organizations, business development organizations. Um, I have a university who's always on to me. They love it. So, um, yeah, so, and actually, also really well used I found my last twenty one twenty twenty one planner on lists of recommended readings for university students as well. So, awesome. yeah, so which which was really lovely. But yeah, for mostly for businesses or nonprofit organizations who want to use social media more effectively.
0: Awesome. Now I've got a couple of random questions before we wrap up. We're sort of nearly hitting the hour mark. Now, are you aware of the TV show Come Dine with Me? Yep. So if you were to host a dinner yep. party with three people, dead or alive, from the future, who would they be? What would you serve them or where would you take them? So three people.
1: Oh Jesus my o'clock at night here on a Friday. What's... I don't know. <laughs> who would I have? Three people that I would bring to dinner. Um oh I have oh I can't even think. <laughs> I'm gonna be useless. <laughs> um Hmm. You know what? I suppose after the pandemic, I think I'd sit down with my friends because there's some people I just haven't seen in years now. Who would that be? So yeah, I would, I would pick some of my friends. I'm not going to name names in case they listen to this. What <laughs> would I serve? Um, I serve a really good homemade pizza in my wood-fired, uh, pizza oven. Beautiful. What else did you ask me?
0: Um, no, that's it. Yeah. So you'd have some friends and some pizza and maybe a couple of bottles of wine. That that sounds like... A... I, might,
1: I might stretch myself to buy a few bottles of wine as well. <laughs> now, where is the best
0: place people can buy the book? Is it your personal website or is it Amazon? Where's the best place?
1: So it's only available on Amazon Book Depository. I don't have it on my website. Perfect.
0: Done. Well, Louise, thank you for being on the Best Book Bits podcast. And to my audience, go out, follow Louise, learn from her. She is the real deal, been around for a long, long time in this particular space. So thank you for being a guest on the Best Book Bits podcast and enjoy the rest of your evening.
1: Thank you, Michael.
0: All right. We'll speak soon.